Hope, welcome to Don't You Know Sports. I'm your host, Ben. Joining me is my co-host, Michael Hiddings, today. And sorry for the late week podcast. We all had very busy 4th of July weekends last weekend, so it was hard to kind of find some time to get in here. But that being said, um, we're here. And we have a lot to talk about and two major stories. Uh, We got NBA free agency and trades, and we also got conference realignment. But before we do that, we got a lot of shout-outs to be had, given the fact we have uh, a lot of don't-you-know sports-related weddings. (laughs) A lot. Yes. A lot last week here and coming up. Yes, so obviously our co-host Jacob Schwark, his sister, and our number one fan, Jacqueline Schwark, is getting married to her fiancé, Brent, this weekend. So congrats. Thank you for being our number one fan. We wish you a lifelong joy and happiness. (laughs) Um, Yes, yes, yes. And also one of our fellow members of Don't You Know Sports, David Craig, is marrying his fiancé, Genevieve this weekend. So congrats to the happy couple as well. Craziness, man. It is crazy, crazy. how this is all played out. But yes. congrats to all of them. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And I'll also give a shout out to, I know a listener, I was at a wedding actually this last weekend. We do have, I know the groom listens to the podcast. So I'll give him a shout out. Happy congrats to the Potaps, Mark and Sarah. Um, it's a pleasure being at your wedding, and shout out to you guys. Great wedding. Um, and thanks for listening to the pod, Mark. We appreciate you. Uh, All the support. Love it. Oh, yeah. You yeah. support us. We support you. Exactly. <laughs> um, with that being said, let's get started. We're going to start off with NBA because, I mean, there's a lot to break down that happened over the NBA. Obviously, free agency started, and... Um, and there was a lot of other things that happened, too. I mean, we had Kevin Durant request a trade. We had Kyrie Irving request a trade, opt into his contract, and then request a trade again, which then sparked which then sparked Kevin Durant to request a trade. Request a trade. <laughs> and on top of all that, Ben, what's going on in Utah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't watched Brian Windhorst's reaction to, well, maybe, I think it was probably six hours before the Rudy Gobert trade happened, you need to look up Brian Windhorst, what ha- what's happening in Utah, because that is a hysterical video, and the people around him on that desk uh, at ESPN were so, so clueless as so to confused. what he was talking about, and just, he's he's on another genius level, the way he was talking, and it all made it sense. Incredible. After everything started to happen, it made sense. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> hearing him talk he came out a couple days later because obviously it made big news because it became oh, yeah. a, a meme yeah. uh but he came out and said yeah i was like 95 percent sure gobert was going to get traded and traded that day but i can't come out and say rudy gobert is getting traded uh so this was my way of saying hey something interesting is going to happen but i can't <laughs> tell you what it is because I don't 100% have confirmation, but I'm 99.9% sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. He learned. He, he didn't. He didn't want to be Adrian Wojnarowski with the top three picks in the draft and get then get blown up right as the draft happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he learned big time. Oh yeah, for sure. So obviously trades and everything happened. Um, let's let's. I'm gonna go through just list off the top free agent deals, and then we can kind of go in maybe more of the trades that did happen and trade destination possibilities for maybe Kyrie and Kevin Durant. But uh, we have Zach Levine, who has agreed to a five-year max to return to the Bulls, um, was restricted, so that it wasn't really a shocker. I think a lot of people expected him to be back. Bradley Beal was kind of a shocker after he declined his player option and then returned to the Wizards on a five-year deal. And he's one of the few players in NBA history to actually have a no-trade clause in his contract, actually. Um, So that's very interesting. I saw that report today that came out some of his contract details, and he's one of, like, ten players in NBA history to have that, actually. So I did not know that. He's got a full no-trade. 
Yep, full no trade clause. So wow. um, Bradley Beal's got the power. And, uh, yes, he does. Soccer. I, I mean, it, all the reports kind of lean that he was going to go somewhere where he can contend for a championship. So, yeah, I don't he's know. Maybe he's never won in Washington. I, I, it, maybe he sees something eventually that's going to happen. Maybe Such he a good loves player Johnny not Davis. Win. There you go. Maybe he <laughs> sees something in Johnny Davis. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> he sees something in him. I don't. Uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, Johnny. Yeah, it, it, but I mean, they got Kyle Kuzma too. They they have a young core, and they were towards the end of the year. They were kind of competing, uh, for for a play in tournament spot. So they they proved they could be a little bit of something. I think towards the end of the year. So there's definitely hope. I think there. Uh, they would definitely. Just a wild speculation, which I don't think it would happen, but. Kevin Durant is from Washington, D.C. area. Just going to throw that out there. There were rumors when he signed with the Nets that he thought about signing with the Wizards back in his free agency a few years ago. Uh, but there, that never obviously happened. But I could see them being a sleeper if Kevin Durant wants to play for his home team at all, by any chance. And who wouldn't want to play with a shooter like Bradley Beal? I mean, that's just... I mean, find you a... I mean, obviously he's not Steph Curry or Clay Thompson, but he's he's a potential top five shooter in the NBA. He he's absolutely ridiculous player. So like, there you go. You have your the big two at least, and Kyle Kuzma could potentially be a big three if you wanted to work it in there. Yeah, I you said it, and but I was going to say it whenever we hit the Durant Washington for me was a dark horse. Not that they would get Durant, but they shouldn't be ruled out in. You, you hit it on the head for all the reasons there. And, yeah, Beal gets underlooked as a shooter because he's in the era of two of the best shooters ever. But he's a great shooter, can go out and score the ball. And I think Durant and him could pair well and make things interesting in the East. So, again, don't know if that would be Durant's number one destination, but don't rule it out. It's a dark horse for sure. Yeah, and it's ultimately, it's, uh, I don't, I can't remember if Durant has a no trade clause or not in his contract or not, but if I mean if he doesn't have a no trade clause, yeah, thank you. I was gonna say if he doesn't have a no trade clause, that I mean, I mean Brooklyn has, does not have to listen to anything Durant wants either. They can do whatever they want if some team is gonna offer them the house for Durant. But yeah, they're just gonna sit back and. Mm. Take yeah. this in. What I'm yeah. seeing is Kevin Durant does not have a no trade clause. Okay, so yeah, I mean it's so it's all the up powers with the Nets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there were reports. Uh, actually, we'll get back to that. I'm gonna keep going down the free agent list. I got carried yeah. away there because it brought it sparked my mind again. We have James Harden, who is expected to resign with the Phillies. There's ex- expectations in the next day or two that he's gonna sign his contract. Uh, there is DeAndre Ayton, who is still up in the air, obviously. i got no idea what to expect with Ayton, man. All I, the teams about two weeks back that I thought would make a run at him either no longer have the cap, cap space, don't seem that interested, and Phoenix doesn't want to pay him what he wants. Yeah. You know, I'm curious to see where this goes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I think it, there's a chance he ends right up right back in Phoenix on a lesser deal than he wanted because no one else is going to, because I think what this is showing is no one else wants to pay him either. What he, mm-hmm. he's asking. And that's fair because he's been good, but he has definitely not proven himself enough. I feel like to earn the money he wants. So, right. Yeah. I, I think a lot of the NBA sees him probably the way Phoenix sees him, not how he sees himself. So yeah, they, they don't view him as worth that full max contract and, Tough pill to swallow for Aiton. Yes. Uh, we have then Jalen Brunson, who was the first reported deal that came out, and it came out before free agency even started. Four years, $104 million to the Knicks, and now the Knicks are being investigated for tampering because <laughs> the Mavericks supposedly didn't even get a chance to talk to Jalen Brunson before he had already signed. So, yeah, that I mean, just imagine potentially losing a draft pick because you wanted Jalen Brunson, Brunson that bad. 
<laughs> I, you know, you know, some level of tampering goes on in the league. Like the NBA is going to turn a blind eye to base level tampering, but when they have to get involved, it it's that bad. You know, it's that bad. They hire his dad. You know, they're in communication with him for probably months and the deal's already set and ready to go. He signed it. Yeah. Dallas doesn't get a chance to respond. Of course, Dallas is going to be like, uh, here's a hundred reasons why we can be sure that the Knicks tampered with Jalen Brunson. So yeah, it'll be a pick or two for Jalen Brunson. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's just, this is why the Knicks are what they are. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the next on my list I have is Miles Bridges, who potentially will never play in the NBA again yeah. after everything that has come out, the pictures, the evidence, and his assault charges. If he does play, it will be after probably a very lengthy suspension. So yeah, he's and even not then, playing anytime soon, and um, there's going to be whatever team signs him is going to have backlash for it. So oh yeah, um, you know, rather sad, unfortunate set of circumstances. Because um, two weeks ago you were looking at him as a guy who can make some big money, and um, I know my Detroit Pistons were one of the teams I said, you know, maybe Bridges is the guy they make a run at, and. You know, now we kind of see why I, I go back and I, Charlotte had to have known something come draft day because every rumor I was reading, right, said, oh, they're going to look to package one of their picks to get the Gordon Hayward contract off the book so they can mm-hmm. sign Miles Bridges to the extension that he's going to command. It just makes you wonder if Charlotte knew something because that play never materialized. Yeah, and almost it seemed like they were worried about it. And almost instantaneously right after the draft, too, in that same situation, they um, they re- they pulled the rest- the restricted free agent status off of him, making him an unrestricted free agent, which was very odd in this, yeah. too, because it was kind of like, oh, OK, so every team's going to get a shot at him, basically, rather than being restricted and having the opportunity to match something. It was right. like they knew something. So. It yeah, it seemed very likely that they were informed of the situation beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, next on the list, Anthony Simons Simmons. I actually don't know how to say his name, and I should learn how to say his name because he's definitely a player who has risen up the last few years. Um, he agreed to a four-year, hundred million dollar extension to stand next to Dame in the Portland Trailblazers lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, to Good future backcourt. I mean, he's 23 years old. He came into league at 19, I think, 18 or 19. So he's been here for four years, but he really took a step last year towards the end of the year when Dame was hurt. So they obviously believed in him enough to uh, to re-sign him and bring him back and yeah. not be looking for any potential trade destinations for him or trades on draft day, really. So that worked out well. Yeah, definitely a guy that uh, Portland wants to keep. Portland needs to keep if they're going to attempt to compete in the West. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, an available guy, Colin Sexton from Cleveland right now. He remains unsigned. I haven't really seen too much on him. He might be a guy who waits out and once all of these bigger trades happen, where then he'll slide into a contender or fall back to Cleveland based on if Cleveland can't do anything else. So he's some guy I don't really have many prospects of where he's going. And I think that's due to everyone waiting to see where Durant and Kyrie end up. Oh yeah. Cause Sexton's kind of that, um, backup second tier type of scorer at the guard position. Um, I am curious cause I know he, he was banged up last year. Mm-hmm. Um, when he's played in years past, he's a good scorer, playmaker. Um, but Cleveland's deep. They got a deep oh, guard yeah. rotation. So it, it even makes you wonder if there is any market for Sexton and, and someone's willing to pay him a little more, I, I Cleveland might say, you know what, he's a good player, but we just don't have a need for him. We're not going to spend mean, that much yeah. money I mean, on him. Darius Garland exploded last year. Yeah. And – took another the huge leap, something that I think they wanted Sexton to do yep. in, over his time. And he's always been a pretty good scorer, but he's never really just taken that extra step. And Garland took that extra step last yes. year, really put him ahead. And I think they're very okay with losing him, knowing they have Garland 
going forward. Yep. Yep. Hundred percent right. I'm I'm with you there. It it makes sense. I'm gonna just I'm gonna quick rattle off a bunch now because those are kind of the bigger names, and I'm just yeah. gonna rattle off a bunch of big deals that happened. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, uh, Nick Center agreed to a four-year extension worth sixty mil. Bobby Portis comes back to the Bucks on a four-year extension for forty-nine. That's huge. Bucks fans love him. Kyle oh, Anderson, yeah. underrated signing by the Wolves, going there for two years, eighteen million. Solid role player who can provide valuable minutes. Joseph Nurkic, center, Portland Trailblazers, four years, seventy mil. Tyus Jones, back to the Grizzlies, two-year deal. Gary Payton, Warriors, now Trailblazers, three years. Mo Bamba, back with the Magic on a two-year deal. And we got P.J. Tucker to the 76ers. Victor Oladipo's back with the Heat. Lugens Dort with a massive deal out of nowhere. Five years, 87.5 mil. Didn't Dude. see that one coming. No, didn't see that one coming at all. But that's awesome. The Thunder, uh, they got a beautiful young core. And yeah, they do. Fun to watch. Uh, John Wall obviously went to the Clippers. Curious to see how that impact works. Uh, yeah, I'm up in the air about it. Yeah, me me too. He, he hasn't really played in a couple of years. He didn't yeah. play last year and, you know, don't necessarily know what he is at, at this point and how he meshes in with that rotation. Um, yeah. yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's definitely interesting. Um, they're hopeful. I, I know they're hopeful. He The one thing that he can provide, and he, he's he's obviously an electric ball handler, playmaker, quick guy um and the clippers are not necessarily a push the tempo kind of offense wall at least if it's if he's any bit of what he was in the past is the one guy they now have that can push tempo get out in transition finish at the rim um so if they can make it work he can provide uh, a great fit and things that they haven't had necessarily with the Clippers, but I'm, I'm with you. I'm a little skeptical on the role there. Yeah. And we'll see. I, and if he, I would love to see him come back. Cause I mean, he's obviously had some injury problems and has really taken a lot of beating as to if he can be the same player as a while from the public. So I'd like to see him kind of get a little recharge and go at it again. So hopefully he gets a chance to do so. Uh, some other just random ones. Marvin Bagley's back with the Pistons, three-year, yeah. $37 deal. I think that's a good fit for him. Uh, there's one more. Uh, Ricky Rubio actually also re-signed with the Cleveland Cavaliers on a three-year deal. So I think that really actually puts Sexton out the door 100%. Out the door, yeah. yeah. Uh, Low-key, um, the Pistons also signed Kevin Knox, who is a former lottery pick, which is yep. it's, it's a potential signing. It's, you know, hopefully something plays out there for them. Yeah, no harm, no foul. What, two years, six million total? I mean, your worst case scenario, he doesn't pan out. He is what he is, and he makes $3 million to sit your bench. The Pistons aren't in a winning position this year. They may not even be next year. So, you know, take a flyer on a guy who's a former lottery pick. Maybe you can tap into something that – he he didn't with new york mm -hmm. yeah so that really pretty much wraps up the biggest free agent moves that we've seen thus far uh so let's i'll, I'll just break down the timberwolves trade because that was obviously the biggest trade that yeah. did happen uh timberwolves give up four first round draft picks one unprotected i mean Three unprotected first-round picks. Only one of them is protected. It's, it's protected. only top five protected. They gave up. Let's see. Also, they gave Jared Vanderbilt, uh, Malik Beasley, Pat Bev, and Walker Kessler, their first-round picks. So you might as well just say yep. first-round picks at that point because you basically gave up five first-round picks. Right. Um, and the Wolves just got Rudy Gobert on a... Four years left. Four years left of his two hundred million dollar max deal he signed last year, at 30, 31 years old. It's it's just glorious. <laughs> it's a tough uh, one, Ben. That's a tough one. It's it's, it's a lot it's to a pay. Lot. It's, it's a, a lot, lot to pay. pay. 
and it's basically locking in that Gobert is your third star with Ant and Cat. Yeah, that's it. You're like, and my biggest issue with this is, as as a Wolves fan, is the reports came out that the Wolves did not want to, thought the price for Dejounte Murray, and we can go to the Dejounte Murray trade next. Dejounte Murray, like Dejounte Murray, the Spurs were asking way too much for Dejounte Murray. Sorry, um, and that was. And that was what pulled them away. It was basically, is what I read, was the Wolves, the Hawks, and one other team who were interested in Dejounte Murray at the end. And the Wolves pulled away because they said it was too much. Dejounte Murray's 24, 25 years old. Right. What are you talking about? I mean, I, I don't just... They, Timberwolves struggled finding a lead point guard at times last year. D'Lo, I love D'Angelo Russell. He's great, but he's, he's I think he's better at the two spot than he is at a one carrying the ball up the court. Right. DeJounte Murray could have solved so many problems and it also would have put their future like set. You then you have three guys in their twenties rather than one in his thirties kind of falling apart there. But I will say obviously Gobert's got three defensive player of the year trophies. He's been an all NBA player, all defensive NBA player. He's He's very talented. He's a rim protector. And the Wolves also did not have a rim protector because Cat is garbage in the post on defense. Yes. So there's yeah. absolutely – they needed this. And Cat wanted to play the four. That, he, he told the front office, I want to play the four. I don't want to play the five because he wants to be able to play more off ball and kind of be out on the wings, not in the post, being that big force. This allows him to do that. Gobert can – Stay in the post, and the Wolves can kind of run four on the outside and kind of play well, the way Cat wants to play, where he can shoot more rather than necessarily body up people in the post. And he has developed his shot now to the point where that's a viable option, and it hadn't been in years past. Well, according know? to him, he's the greatest uh, shooting big that ever played. Oh, Cat. <laughs> You know, there's something to be said for confidence. Uh, he, yes, he is on pace. If he's kept pace, he would be, but he is very early in his career. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I understand where you're coming from. It's a lot to give up for a guy who's 31. Gobert, I do think, there's no doubt. Not I think. He he makes them better, right? He does, he does. He, he, he not, no he doubt does makes them better. Works. <laughs> right? You can argue... Minnesota is a top five team in the West now with the addition of Gobert. And, yeah. you know, some may not agree with that, but I, you certainly can argue it. Well, then that, and that's how personally I'm going to, that's how I'm going to view this next year. I honestly believe if they're not a five seed or better next year in the playoffs, the Gobert trail trade, I, I'll give them two years. I'll give them two years. I'm not going to be drastic. <laughs> I'll give them two years. They two are years, not, yeah. they, they should be in the playoffs next year for sure. But if they are not a five seed, or a four seed within the next two years, then this trade is already looking like it's terrible because now we're just paying to stay at the bottom, be a playoff team every year, but we're playing to stay at the bottom of the West and not move anywhere, which is not what we need to do. No. Um, And it's just, it's frustrating because I think if they would have gone after DeJounte Murray, they would have also been considering in that six to five range, but they've also would have had, potential to keep growing because he's you know murray still has room to grow at his age you understandably i think wolves fans understandably would have been more comfortable saying here's four first round picks for someone in his early mid-20s not here's four first round picks for someone at 31 absolutely although it's what it comes down to yes they would have still needed a rim protector but maybe kessler would have been that guy Yes, and Kessler is, I mean, if as a prospect, is very similar as to what Gobert was as a prospect. A yeah. very good shot blocker, a rebounder, defensive strong part. That's what he did. He doesn't really do anything else, and that's what Gobert was as a prospect, too, for the Jazz when they drew, well, the Nuggets drafted him. They traded him to Jazz. The but Jazz, yeah. Still. His strength same. was on his ability to rebound, yeah. a block shot, be a defensive stalwart. Yes. So, but with that, um, obviously we can, we can move on from that. <laughs> um, 
I'll, you'll hear plenty of my frustrations throughout the year if the Wolves struggle. So, DeJounte Murray. DeJounte Murray goes to the Hawks on pretty semi, I don't know, seems lopsided now that we know the Gobert trade. Right. So, they got Gallinari, who they released the Spurs did, and they got, yep. I believe, three first-round picks in that trade. Yep. And a 26-pick swap. Yep, that's right. 26 picks drop. Okay, so that's good for the Hawks. They'll have one of the best backcourts in basketball, Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. That will be absolutely electric to watch. That will be fun. Good, fun basketball. Um, if anyone knows where Daniil Gallinari went, he went to the Celtics after he got cut by the Spurs. So Spurs don't even keep the guy they traded for. Yep. Uh, then, obviously, there were some other. There were some smaller trades I'd, that weren't significant so we don't have to go over this but we obviously have the two biggest names who are waiting to be traded kevin durant and kyrie irving kyrie irving almost sounds like he's going to the lakers is what i'm getting he wants to go there lebron wants him there kyrie basically said he's wants he's trying to force his way to the lakers so kind of seems like that potentially is probably going to happen at some point i'm not sure when the lakers obviously are screwed in cap but they the reports were that they have engaged talks with a trade that involves russell westbrook and Kyrie. so okay so and that's one of those i could see the nets taking on westbrook in a Kyrie swap if they are confident they got the right deal for durant um just because yes. then you know, okay, we, we've got both of them out. We may not be as competitive this year, or we will be what we are with when we let Westbrook's contract run out. Um, I think the Lakers... Him, probably, yep. Take a first it's, two first with them. Yeah, it's going to have to be those those two first that... The only two first Lakers can trade at this point. <laughs> those have to go. Like, there's that's the only way that's going to... Um, New Jersey's even going to or New Jersey, I'm sorry, Brooklyn is even going to do this. Mm-hmm. I it, This is tough for me to watch, just kind of take in, right? Kyrie is such a good player, but because of everything that's gone on, he's trying to push like he has all of the leverage in the world. And what we're seeing here is really the only team that wants him is L.A. And the Nets aren't just going to trade him for nothing. You know, they got to get something for him or the Nets will say, Hey, you know what? I know you don't want to be here, but you're under contract. You're going to come back and play for us. And if yeah. you don't play for us, you've got to market to teams why you haven't played in two years and how that affects you. Yeah. So um, Kyrie's in a tough spot here. He wants to be in L.A. He wants to play with the Lakers. The Lakers got to give up something to get him. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll have to – the Lakers, I mean, they've already mortgaged their future – basically down the line so they'll keep yep. mortgaging their future further and further why not why not yeah. yep. you get I don't... Kyrie you you they got a good shot at winning the title next year yeah without him no no absolutely not uh then obviously uh we can probably move on from that because that one was probably not that it's if it's happening it's the Lakers if it's not, the Lakers or it's now probably all year yeah I would think so Kevin Durant big name Teams that have popped up on the market for him. Uh, the Suns have popped up. They're a very popular one. Boston has popped up as a team. The Hawks, the Heat, teams that have popped up. I think if I if, if Aiton moves at all this offseason, I think he's packaged in this deal. That's where if Aiton does leave the Suns, he's going to the Nets in a trade for Kevin Durant. That's the right now. That's where I'm seeing. I don't really see Aiton going anywhere else right now because of just how the market's played out almost. Yeah. Uh, Philly. Philly was another team, though. I did see that was interested in Durant. So Philly's up there as well. So be interesting to see if Philly can make that work. I'm surprised Kevin Durant would want to even work with James Play Harden. Play with James Harden again after how yeah. all that went down. Yeah. The Suns so, would be interesting. And you said it. Uh, a. 23-year-old all-star center um, as the centerpiece of the deal would be something that the Nets would bite on. That's a young, marketable star player 
that you can trade Durant for and feel comfortable about and then you'll not also fading get back. Your, I mean, the price is uh, all-star player and four first-round first draft picks. That's what they yeah. said. So that's the equivalent a little bit higher than the Wolves <laughs> honestly yeah. offer. So that's they, can, they can offer that. Or yeah. they can expect that right now. I mean, you know, I, however many teams out there want to pay that price is the real question. But if, I, at some point, you're got you're going to get some team that sees their window open now and says, "We've got to go for it." And yeah. I think Phoenix is in that spot. I don't know if that's where he lands, but it does make sense. Yes, absolutely. I think Phoenix, uh, Miami makes a lot of sense too. Miami does too. They can definitely package someone like Tyler Hero, who has really come on in his recent years if they wanted to. Young, like just getting up, will just be ready to getting ready to sign his extension coming soon off yeah. his rookie deal. I think that's someone that they could potentially do as a player. And they might have to package a second decent player with him because he's not the all-star that they want, probably. But he's got a lot of young potential that they could potentially market, too. Yeah, it's going to take some talks with Miami because the Nets are going to be insistent that Adebayo uh, be a part of the deal. And yep. Miami's not parting with Adebayo. Yeah, they can't they, afford to. They want If they're doing that, they want the big three of Jimmy, Adebayo, and Durant to yep. be the three. Yeah. So... We'll see how that plays out in in those regards. Uh, Boston, it sounds like they approach the Nets, but the only way that's happening if they get rid of Jalen Brown. Yeah. And but if you get Jalen Brown, I would take less first round draft picks because yeah. Jalen Brown's a stud, and I would definitely take like two first round draft picks instead of three or four because that's a great All Star caliber ready player who can change your team right away. Oh yeah. Uh, you're looking at the Nets. It, it, you could play hypotheticals here. If they're able to package, get Kyrie off the books, not be on hook for money. Durant off the hooks, not be on or off the books, not be on hook for money there. And have to take a look at the cap hit. It, it's in the realm of possibility. Maybe they sign Aiton outright yeah. and then make, if they trade him Durant to Boston, Brown's a part of that deal that comes back. You have two young pieces that, can you can build for the next decade or yeah. five to seven years? Um, and Boston's another one. It, it's Absolutely. Brad Stevens with the moves he's made. They're going for it now. Mm -hmm. No longer are they stockpiling picks, pat, sticking pat with young guys and not signing upper level free agents. No, since Stevens has took over as GM, they're tweaking. They're trying to win the title. Absolutely, and I think uh, that I think. There'll be a possibility that's very, very strong, I, I think, because they have a lot of players they could technically trade for that. I mean, if they, I mean, I saw some, I saw an article where ESPN had them package Marcus Smart and and Jalen Brown and only give up then two first round picks with it. That's like, yeah, because they just signed Brog, they just got Brogdon obviously in the trade. Yeah, another trade that happened. Sorry, people. Yeah, Welcome <laughs> um, Brogdon went there. Saying he's basically a Marcus Smart style player, just maybe a little bit better for scorer almost. So that's very possible they'd be willing to part ways with him and do that trade. So yeah, yeah. So on that note, I think we talked enough NBA. We have another very big topic that happened over our week long absence. Oh yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah. Just so obviously conference realignment the. Big news, USC and UCLA are headed to the Big Ten in 2024. But before we get started and talking about that, I do have a trivia question because Ben always has trivia questions. I love it. I love Ben's trivia questions. So I'm going to do this a two-parter because it kind of popped up when I was looking at this. So what was the Big Ten conference formerly known as? Man, this, this, I mean, early to mid-1900s. It's been Big Ten for a while. Uh, man, I, I got nowhere to go on this. Okay, I, I got it. It's the Western Intercollegiate Conference, the WIC. Western Intercollegiate Conference. Now, 
that had to have been early 1900s at that point. <laughs> now, who were the the now? Do you know who the seven original universities were that were formed in 1896? It was 1890. That, that formed it in 1896. Um, do I to put the University of Michigan in there as one of the seven? Do it. Okay, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> so you got one. You got one. I got one. I know there was a weird thing. Like, I think the University of Chicago was one of them. You are correct. It was a weird one because I don't even know what if they do sports anymore, let alone if they were like D3. But they, yeah, they were originally a part of it. They're in the Horizon League for basketball. Watch it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> uh, man, who... Who else would have been a part one, of that? One of the um, two of the teams are part of the most played FBS football rivalry. Most played FBS football rivalry. Minnesota and Wisconsin? Correct. That's, yeah. Happy I got that one. All right. <laughs> yeah. So there's four. You got three left. And two are from the same state. Okay. So I'm looking at Illinois Northwestern. Correct. That's six. You got one more. All right. So now it's one more in Big Ten footprint. They are currently a member of the Big Ten. Okay. Yeah. Indiana? Right state. Oh, Purdue. Yes. Okay. Yes. Correct. And then Iowa and Indiana joined three years later in 1899. 1890s. Okay. Wow. Yes. And if you were curious, when Chicago terminated its football program, that was in 1939 and officially withdrew from the conference in 1946 because they are garbage. Yep. 1939. <laughs> uh, we'll give up on this football thing. I don't we're think not it's going to be that big. It. We're not good at it. It's not going to be that big. Yeah. Uh, rough, rough blow. Rough blow for the city of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that, there we go. That, that was a fun little trivia to get you in the conference realignment because it's happening. It's happening everywhere. The mega conferences, the super conferences, it's, it's happening. And it was yeah. always, there was something that was always joked about for a while. And it really kind of came into the idea that it's probably going to happen at some point when Texas and Oklahoma said they were going to jump to the SEC in 2025. Now, I didn't think it was going to happen this quick because the reports came out a week ago, basically a week ago today, I think, or so, that uh, we had USC and UCLA were talking with the Big Ten, approached the Big Ten about joining, and within hours, it was official word, they're coming in 2024, it's here. Boom. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, I mean, it, it's huge for the Big Ten. I mean, in the absolutely. grand scheme of it, you, everyone, you now have to view this as an arms race between the, the Big Ten and the SEC. It, it, nothing against the rest of the conferences. They're now just playing for survival. The Big Ten and the SEC are playing for the power struggle. You know, yes. which one gets the largest contract in media rights. Um, USC and UCLA bring the LA market. That's huge. And we can walk through as far as the markets that the big 10 now have under their control. The top four markets in America, TV markets are New York, which is why years ago, 2014, everyone, when us big 10 fans hated the addition of Rutgers, that's why they were asked to join. That's why Rutgers was asked to join. Nothing against Rutgers. They brought the New York market. Number two market, L.A., which the Big Ten now has a footprint in. Number three market, Chicago, which has been the Big Ten's home base. The number four market, Philadelphia, which Penn State, by us having the largest football program in the state, we get the Philly market. 
And we also have market number nine, which is the Washington DC, Maryland, Virginia market, that area with the addition of Maryland. Another one people were scratching their heads as to why they were asked to join the Big Ten. It was TV markets. That's why they were asked. And it made the Big Ten, like say we want, their commissioner at the time, Jim Delaney, I I'm, I'm, wasn't a huge fan of, but he had enough forward thinking to go, our conference is going to be more valuable because we have the markets. And the Big Ten is now one of the two power conferences because of it. Absolutely. And they've, and Kevin Warren, right after those came, he said, he's, we're not done. And that, that, that little kinda, sneak. He, he, he sent shivers down spines. Supposedly, Oregon and Washington asked to join the Big Ten right after. And he held off saying yes right away because he's got a bigger fish planned. And mm-hmm. everyone's pretty sure that bigger fish is Notre Dame. Now, Notre Dame obviously is the SEC is going to come calling at Notre Dame. The Big Ten is going to oh, come yeah. calling at Notre Dame. The ACC is going to try to make a play to be like, we can keep you at least in basketball. We can keep you in basketball, like join football. Like, it's okay. They're going to try yep. to make the play. ACC, just get out of here. You're not even competing for this. It's, You're not. It's, it's, they're going, if, if we're talking football market, they're going to stay independent or they're going to jump to the Big Ten or the SEC. That, that is it. That is the only arguments to be yeah. made situation nothing and, yeah Notre Dame doesn't benefit from going to any of the other conferences yes. and I don't see how they would view joining the ACC as a full football member as a benefit as opposed to what the current deal is like yes. it either they have the deal with the ACC they have or they're joining the Big Ten or the SEC yes and logically it makes sense for Notre Dame to also join the Big Ten. They have rivalries with Michigan, Michigan State, and obviously USC. USC. They have a big one against USC. Those are three rivalries kind of they have over their time period. You kind of get to start up this uh, home state rivalry with Indiana again, something you probably haven't really done too often, at least in football. Maybe basketball yeah. they occasionally play. But you got to start this rivalry up again. I think that they should be looking at this as a huge money-making opportunity with just all this potential for rivalries they can have there. You, It's just mind-blowing. Like, And let's say that if they add Notre Dame, who's the Big Ten's other team they would add in that situation to make it even? Yeah, at that point, that's where it gets interesting because I would expect they – Pick so you're either picking up a respected football program or a football program that's in a media market you don't yet have. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you start playing. Okay, does do they go after Oregon because they're a good football program and you got uh, money from Nike? Do they go after Washington because that brings in the Seattle market? Stanford because that brings in the San Francisco market? Do they you know? Yeah, and my Georgia Tech is, because it brings in the Atlanta market. I I don't I, you know you're just trying to piece it together, mm-hmm. but they're holding off until Notre Dame for sure decides they're not going to join. And I know they're coming out and saying right now we're maintaining our independence. They're at a point right now the ACC is still intact, and they may not be at the best position to jump just yet. But I, they obviously haven't told the Big Ten entirely no. Otherwise, I think the Big Ten would start itching a little more to, to see what else is out there. If that was the case, they would have accepted the Oregon and Washington proposal. They would have been like, yeah. oh, heck yeah, get in here. Like, it would Come make, on in, well, yeah. What's the reason not to do that? Because, I mean, obviously, like you said, Oregon, like the Nike, bringing Nike along, like that's huge, like an endorsement to have basically there. So that's, that's, that's a big, big school. So... I honestly thought to myself, though, another rival, if they want to entice Notre Dame and they basically say, who else do you want in the conference? Do they say Stanford? Because that's kind of another rival they play basically every year, Notre Dame and Stanford, yeah. another game they play every year. Do they say, like, if you get Stanford to come, we'll, we'll join. We'll join. Because and the Big Ten would do that rival. Oh, yeah. They'll be yeah. like, yeah, like you said, sure. Stanford, yeah. Stanford, market. Stanford, you want also, in? academically Stanford obviously that's really raising the academic standard even in the Big Ten even higher so that's huge yeah yeah, I mean that's kind of where it is I will say though 
the Big 12 does have a new commissioner. They signed, they hired the guy from Rock Nation Agency. Um, yeah. yeah. They obviously, Jay-Z's um, sport agency market, he was the CEO there. He's now going to be running, he's the commissioner of the Big 12. He's a business mind. So what does he do right away? Obviously, he contacts six Pac-12 teams yeah, and is like, poach. he's like, we're not going to, Wall. we're gonna be we're gonna if we're talking super conference we're, we're, they're gonna be three of them because we're gonna be included he's like we're gonna go okay arizona which great basketball school down a great football school arizona state right. up and down in both they got utah colorado utah's been pretty good in football recently football. yeah they don't really have much basketball and colorado is kind of one of those up and down teams in both again but then they said the last two teams oregon and washington who i think they're not guaranteed they're they're gonna wait to hear from the Big Ten first before they jump to Big Twelve. But hundred percent, I think yeah. Oregon and Washington's play is to keep the pack, well now ten, you know whatever you want to call it now, keep that intact, not because they really want to be there long term, but because then they have an easy out. If they are forced to join the Big Twelve, when they feel that the Big Ten could be on the horizon in two or three years. If they're forced to be join the Big 12, I, I think the Big 12 is going to put them in a position where it's going to be a difficult uh, buyout of the conference. You know, it, it's that's what's going on in the ACC right now too. Is this uh, grant of rights deal? It's been able to keep the ACC afloat here with this movement. I don't know how much longer it will, especially if the Big 10 and the SEC just get insane contracts, which they're going to. Um, but it, it's a lot of money for ACC schools to up and leave the ACC. So that's at least what they got going on right now. I can see the Big 12 doing something similar because they're they're playing for their livelihood right now. Yes. The, a year ago, the Big 12 looked like it was going to crash and fold. There's at least a little bit of stability. I don't know how relevant they'll be, but there's stability. The Pac-12 is now the conference that doesn't have the stability. So this is far from over. And it's far from over for the next 10 to 15 years. Oh, yeah. There's going to be massive conference realignment going on for the next, like you said, 10 to 15 years here. And it's going to be shaping everything. And it's ultimately it's going to come down. I'll give I'll give Big 12 credit, but it's going to come down to two or three major big super conferences. Most likely. Yes. Two, but the Big 12 is really, really trying. They're doing their best. They're doing their best. Um, I mean, they would love to add Oregon and Washington. I mean, I, I that don't... would be big for them in a, in a situation like that. That's huge if they can somehow maneuver that to work because that yep. kind of that's a those are two very solid schools in yes. terms of recruiting and whatnot and resources that would really keep you afloat for longer than you're expected. Yes, <laughs> yes, now, yes. I do want to talk about, I wanted to briefly touch on the ACC, though, because we obviously, they're, they're crazy issues that, like, teams are struggling to get away from it. But it's going to happen eventually at some point. And if you yeah. think ACC, there are, I think, three schools are probably immediately going to jump to the SEC just based on how their football and the history they kind of have with that area. And that would be Florida State, Miami, and uh, Clemson. Clemson. They would I make sense. Those three, I think, almost instantaneously jump if those like deals become so lucrative that SEC can kind of pull them out of there. Yeah, so it would be pretty much instantaneous. And yeah, then if that's what this is my personal view, what the Big Ten should do, if that is what they're doing, I'm gonna. You, we, those are like the football schools. I'm gonna. I would sneak down there and I would come knocking on North Carolina and Duke store Duke and store. be like, "Yep, counter with the basketball schools." Yep, take the two basketball schools. And here, here's how all of a sudden you do this. You'd be like, "Well, now we have UCLA, Duke, and North Carolina, three of the original blue bed bloods. You could argue Indiana is a blue blood. In they kind of have." And, and then all it, of a sudden, yeah. you knock on Kansas's door and be like. Why don't you just join the Blue Bloods with us in basketball? Like we have, and then them all of a right sudden here. we're just full of basketball blue, well, all the basketball Blue Bloods. Exactly. At that point, oh, that'd, that'd be, be incredible. It, that would be I, wild. 
it kind of went through my head the other day. I saw a report basically that's saying the Clemson, the Clemson, uh, Florida State, Miami, the second they would get the chance, they'd easily jump to the SEC because they're the yeah. big football programs. And I mean, the SEC is great basketball school too, obviously, but there's, yeah. if the Big Ten, if they're focused on those three, the SEC, the Big Ten should really just be focused on those two and pulling those two basketball schools and being like, get over here and you have a pitch to Kansas that you want to. Like, Yep. I'm with you. The moment, and I'm, I'm telling you, Notre Dame will have to make a choice the moment one of Clemson or Florida State or Miami jumps to the SEC. Mm-hmm. The moment one of them do, the ACC loses a lot of value in football. They're already being buffered by Notre Dame, but it Clemson, Florida State, and Miami <laughs> are the only other ones that add any football value. The moment one of those three jumps to the SEC, I don't see how it's more valuable or even anywhere near equivalent for Notre Dame to stick with their ACC deal. Uh, they will either jump to the Big Ten or the SEC at that point. And we we talked earlier about why the Big Ten makes sense. So you get Notre Dame, and then I would do what you said. Go get Duke. Go get North Carolina. You're going to get, if we really want to, the um, North Carolina's got a lot of people. You got Raleigh and, and um, Charlotte, and that that's another good market to pick up. Yeah. On top of the natural two elite basketball programs, um, you know, ignore the football. And even then, Carolina hasn't been a slouch football program the last couple of years. They're respectable. Got them in the right direction. This kind yep. of fixed them to a decent and, like you said, respectable school for football. Duke obviously is not that great in football really ever. But they have the right. pride, pride and joy that is Daniel Jones. In the yes, NFL. they do. <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, but those two as basketball schools um your pitch would be incredible and then you know go get oregon and washington at that point and i mean how i'm envisioning this 10 15 years from now i have no idea if i'm right but i I think we're talking in the mid 2030s you have the big 10 in the sec kind of run like the nfc and the afc in the nfl um where it's just, I think I could see two 24-team super conferences. Uh, the Big Ten has their own playoff. The SEC has their own playoff. And then you have a college type of Super Bowl between the SEC champ and the Big Ten champ. Which this is, and I did. I saw a, a very similar article that someone was saying something similar to that today. And I, this is, so I'll come out and say I, this is all wild. It's entertaining. I honestly, I like the Power Five. I, if I could keep the Power yeah. Five and the structure of that, the parody of it all, I would do that. I like it. It's fun. It's it keeps everything like like the parody. The parody of college sports is great. Like that. It's nice. Yeah. Things spread out. The with these mega conferences, that's but. I have no choice but to just jump full bandwagon on the Big Ten, obviously, and be like, we need to start right. taking schools. Because the SEC, they're not going to wait. They're going to keep going. Like, the if the Big Ten, Big Ten sits back and just waits, the SEC is going to have, like, 30 schools, and the Big Ten is going to have 15, yeah. 16 schools, and it's going to be ridiculous and going to get run out. It's basically, it's going to be the yeah. SEC. <laughs> yeah. I'm exactly where you're at, Ben. If there was any way where we could keep football what it's been in college, it'd be preferred. You know, every region would have a chance at um, pushing for a title. Um, But this all kind of changed when you had these mega TV contracts come in. The Big Ten creates their own network. uh, You develop the college football playoff, and ESPN is paying big money for that. The ESPN pays big money for the SEC. Fox is paying big money for the Big Ten. So now, you know, and I can't blame the Big Ten. What's the Big Ten going to do? USC and UCLA go knocking on their door. They're going to say, eh, you know, for the betterment of college football, we'll pass. And you know what the USC and UCLA then go do? Hey, SEC, will you let us in? Yeah, they're going to let let them in. And then forget it. All bets are off. The SEC takes off. So you had to take them. 
And it's unfortunate. It is what it is. I, I'm not necessarily happy about it, but now I'm where you're at, Ben. Okay, my conference is the Big Ten, and I'm going to root for the Big Ten to be the strongest it can be, and it's got a chance to be the strongest conference in college sports. Um, go get what you need to get to to make that happen. Yeah, and there's and then there's just one other component, which I think maybe restrains me sometimes a little bit is. You have these teams that are hit or miss. They kind of have good seasons. They have bad seasons, like like Minnesota, like where they'll randomly have a good football season, and then they'll really suck. If you bring all these good schools in, these littler schools, the chances of them succeeding on a more frequent basis is probably less and less, and that it's, does it's, suck. It's, it's going to ruin, I like I said, the parity, and it's going to ruin having these random schools the cinderella stories of a football season real quick and yeah it's going to make them more special when they happen but it's also going to ruin how often they happen because they're going to have to compete recruiting wise in their home state now minnesota for instance is going to have to re- keep people from going out to california right they're, now they're it becomes have, you're not just keeping away ohio state for yeah. all the top minnesota players yeah, yeah usc yeah, you know, it's like parents oh, from Minnesota can watch their kids play on the Big Ten Network if they go to USC now. You yeah. know, and it's 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 a scary thing to think about in that aspect of these schools. Like, I mean, like obviously, I think they're yeah, Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, uh, Indiana's got enough prestige in basketball. Wisconsin's proved themselves plenty of times. Like, you got maybe five or six of these schools who have really secured themselves in the Big Ten. And a lot of these other guys are hit or miss. They come and go throughout the seasons. Yeah. And they can easily get lost. Right. This is an opportunity where if they could just fade and all of a sudden. Never come back. Never come back. Yeah. Because it's so, yeah. so, 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 so deep. And it could get a real, really out of hand really quick for parody purposes. And that's yep. my biggest fear being a Gopher fan is they're. I I do not see a light. I do not see a light at the end of the tunnel. And if it is, it is very very far away for me. And, it's and I understand that. Away. I understand that piece of it, you know. Um, and I, I don't want to say I I wouldn't have viewed it that way entirely. I, Michigan's football program is able to, you know, competes at a higher level on a re- more regular basis, right? Mm-hmm. So. I, but from your perspective, where you know Minnesota's ceiling is, hey, you know we're competing for ten wins, beat Wisconsin. Maybe we eventually get to that uh, New Year's Six Bowl. Um, to hell, competing now in a you big start 10 to wonder. <laughs> right, right. Now you start to wonder. Okay, if we pick up USC's program and Notre Dame comes later, and all these other top tier programs. What does that mean for us? That that I don't know. That I don't know, and that's a fair point. You know, mm-hmm. it makes you wonder what the system will exactly look like in 15 years. Yeah. You know, is Do it going to be exactly schools? what it looks like now? Do people start trading schools and conferences? People trade their their bad schools for other people's good schools. Good schools. Oh man, if that like ended up Oregon, as a relegation process. Oregon and Wisconsin, I mean Oregon and Washington go to the Big 12, let's say. And after a while, they kind of say, "Okay, we're over. Like we want to move." The Big 12's like, "Okay, we'll take Minnesota, Northwestern, and like two other schools, four schools for two schools, take the two good, better schools, and then we're stuck in the crappy school. Crap, <laughs> could conference. you imagine? Could you imagine? I don't think you'll have to worry about I don't that. Think that's, that's so I, wild. It, it, it's out of that's so wild, and I, I think, it, again, you're looking, Big Ten's looking media markets. They, they want media markets as much as ability of program. So, you know, Minnesota's not going anywhere even if they have rough football seasons. But, yeah, what does a football season look like for you 15 years from now? That's that's an interesting question. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, they have hockey. They're fine. They'll, they'll stay around because they're oh, they'll they crush hockey. it in hockey. <laughs> they, are, they will crush it in hockey. Yeah. If Minnesota's not crushing it in hockey, they need a new coach. 
Like that's, that's generally the case. When they struggle, they get they fire someone pretty quick. Because yeah, there's no excuse. Yeah. There really is no excuse for Minnesota not to not be good at hockey. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, another thing. Side note: that was another thing I found interesting. I already read where with UCLA's jump to the Pac-10, their hockey, they have like a club hockey team, and they're like, "All right, now we got the funding, and we're gonna be in a hockey conference. Like, let's let's make us D1 now." So it's like, okay, we might be picking up some more D1 hockey teams in the Big, Big Ten. Ten hockey teams. Oh, I would love to. UCLA, UCLA, Big Ten hockey. <laughs> oh, I would love it. Hey, and another thing, Notre Dame's Big Ten in uh, hockey. There you go. They are Big Ten in hockey. Yep. Uh, come on, just just, just get over sliding there. everywhere else, big uh, Notre Dame. Deep yep. down, you know you want to. It's better than the ACC. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, I think that probably wraps it up though for conference realignment talk. It's obviously gonna we'll probably end up talking about it sooner rather than later when another team jumps. So. Oh uh, yeah, this topic is far from over. It is. It is inevitable. Like Thanos, it is inevitable. It is. <laughs> uh, um, that being said though uh, thank you all for joining us um, happy wedding days and congrats to the people who got married all around because we got so many people who listen to the pod who have weddings this week in general um, thanks for listening make sure to rate, review, subscribe on whatever you listen to share it with people if you'll like it and you think other people will or share it even if you don't like it just share it maybe someone else will like it yeah yeah uh yeah but uh thanks all for joining and we will talk to you hopefully then sunday or monday next week